Oh, man. Guys, I've had a freaking crazy week. Like, really crazy week. And been going on. I just got a lot. I got a lot to do. I am, like, head of production for this kombucha company. And so it's, like, taking a lot of planning, and we're making a lot of products and supplying yeah. it. And we had, like, we pretty much had, like, three huge business changes all happen within a month of each other. Mm. Oh, Probably no. within a few months, but, like, a lot of the big things happen within, like, weeks. And so I've just been, like, catching up on a bunch of stuff that kind of got bottlenecked in the beginning of July when we took our break. So, like, we took our break in July, but now I'm like, oh, I wish the break was now because I am freaking slammed busy Oh, with no. all this stuff, Man. but learning how to—I don't know if anyone can relate. That's maybe worked as you know, starting a new shop or managing a new shop that's going to open or a big coffee production facility. But managing like getting all those little tiny pieces moving together and like getting to where you need to get and the amount of production that you need to achieve is a lot. Like, yeah. Whole new respect for people that work in those kind of production spaces. Like, I think of like big roasteries, like, you know, like Onyx or something, where you've got like all these roasters and all this certain amount of coffee you have to make and like releases and like planning it all out just perfectly. I know it's like different than what I do, but I just have like a whole new respect for those kinds of things. But it's been crazy. Like, way too much thinking ahead sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. But Nick, how has it been for you going from being a barista to getting into that kind of production mindset, roasting and everything? Well, I mean, we've talked about this before previously, um, about the transition a lot of people make from being barista, front of house, like talking to people all the time to like kind of stepping away and like getting into that production because you're just sick of people. Yeah. But now I think that working half of my shifts, like half of my week um, in the roastery makes me appreciate talking to people a lot more. So like that, like one or two days a week where I'm like, actually just like on the bar, I'm like way nicer to people. And like, I actually like appreciate the connections that I'm making with people, which I thought would be the opposite. I'd be like, no, I never want to go back up there. And I just like want to be beside the roaster, even if I'm sweating my butt off. But now, like, I actually, I do miss the human connection, and I'm a lot more pleasant, I would say. That's cool. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, I didn't think that was going to happen, but it did. Yeah, I definitely relate to that. Like, so, like, we are open on the inside of our business from Thursday through Saturday, but then Mm -hmm. I'm usually there doing production stuff Monday through Thursday. So sometimes, like, we have people that just don't pay attention or look up our hours or look at the big chalk writing on the door of the business <laughs> that says our hours and they like look all confused but like I miss customers enough that I like I'm like oh hey sorry we changed our hours but here come on in like I'll get you whatever you you wanted like I'll take care of you like mm-hmm. just for like that little bit of connection I kind of yeah. like I'm an introvert but I kind of miss it in certain amounts sometimes well, the small dose of uh, human interaction would be, like, ideal for you then, right? 
pretty much yeah it's great it's like yeah. all right there's my one customer for the month like <laughs> don't have to see go. anyone else for a while i feel like i'm an extrovert at work which i like love talking to people because like that's my role but like as soon as i'm not at work i'm like a hermit and i'm at home and i don't want to like interact with anyone because yeah. i kind of just like expel all my energy when i'm like talking to custies or even just like yeah. my coworkers. yeah i feel like i'm the barista that's like really good with like customer service and just talk, chatting it up and like yada 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 but as soon as i clock out i'm not like also like stonewall barista just like walking out like going to their car and just like i'm out just like rubbing my face like oh my gosh that was a pet a pain in the butt like oh yeah but uh yeah parker what has it been like for you now that you're going from just being coffee shop manager to like what like a general manager yeah kind of role yeah boss I'm gonna, man i want to yeah big boss man <laughs> um i'm gonna go from being just over one shop to being over both of them um which is going to be a bit of a shift because uh, we don't have any like precedent for that and don't know what that actually is going to look like and so um i get to figure out how that all works and so um we hired a, a girl that's doing like a a crazy good job as our manager um over at our current shop yeah um but she still is kind of like you know figuring things out and like we're working together this i mean a lot of the times you know what happens is like when a new manager get hired gets hired it's because the old manager's leaving or has left and so this is the first time that i've been in a a manager transition period where it's not like this huge hustle to like get a new manager trained and so yeah. um she and i just spend like a, a good bit of one-on-one -on -one time to like be like here's how we're going to handle like interactions with like our students and things because a lot of our employees are high school students and stuff and so yeah. um it's not like this thing that i feel like i'm passing on the torch very quickly but mm -hmm. something that i'm like training someone else in which has actually been really cool and then um the rest of my time right now like the shop the second shop still isn't done and so it's a lot of just emails and phone calls to figure out what broken thing needs to be fixed today you know? yeah and so um like just recently we didn't get all of our wood flooring in for the new shop and so i've got to figure out how to replace i don't know like 80 square feet worth of wood <laughs> that didn't come and so oh, sucks. yeah and so you know it's just like stuff like that um but i've actually really enjoyed it because it's gotten me off bar a good bit and was really needed like we were we were kind of short-staffed there for a little while and so i'm like i was slinging lattes and running the books at the same time and that's kind of a pain right and so it's been I've, good it's been a good learning experience for me for sure yeah it'd be interesting too like uh, i know like i've actually heard people say that opening your second shop is the hardest one yeah that eventually when you're opening like your third fourth like it gets a lot easier you know you're doing more and you probably got like a little bit more staff to move around slash mm -hmm. promote from the inside so it's a little less stressful but yeah. i'd be interesting to hear back in like a few months to be like hey like what's it like going from managing like this many people to managing twice as many people or totally. however that looks but yeah, yeah i can totally see where people are coming from with that because like 
you know, other shops have done it, but we've never done it before. And so right. we've got to figure out like what that uh, leadership kind of structure looks like and like r- completely rebuild how all of our managing staff works and, and everything. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it, I can totally see how that's a challenge. And then once, you know, we want to do a third shop or something like that, it'll just be transferable. Yeah. Have y'all been affected by the hiring shortage that we have here? No, not not really. Like we put out a call for hiring a little a little while back and we had more people apply than uh I was anticipating. And so um people are really eager to work for us. I, we pay really well too. Good. Um, yeah. Well, there with you go. onboarding salary, so you pay good. You don't yeah. have a problem. Yeah. Is is there a hiring shortage in Canada? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, especially where I'm living now. Like, this is. Oh since yeah. I live in a tourist town. Um, like yeah. this is peak season for us, and like usually most businesses have like double the staff that they would in the winter. Right. Um, and right now, like they say, it's projected to be like one of the busiest summers in years even like pre-covid just because of like we call them local tourists so like canadians mm-hmm. coming in mm-hmm. um and yeah unfortunately everywhere here is so used to paying like the absolute minimum and rent is ridiculous living in the mountains um uh, no one wants to work <laughs> and obviously everyone's complaining but like where i'm working now like we're fine because it's also a pleasant place to work <laughs> people always come in they're like are you guys struggling for staff and we're like no we're actually pretty pretty fine right now because it's a decent place to be yeah it's always good yeah i feel like uh we're all lucky <laughs> all yeah. have good uh, work environments and trey's his own boss so like, yeah. you know, Ultimate. I guess. <laughs> but uh yeah speaking of trey uh here primitive coffee had a pretty good opening weekend yeah they opened up trey opened up it was a good time i got to go visit him on saturday for a little bit in the morning um and he you know, he was slinging Spro and had his little cart set up outside. And it was, it was really awesome to kind of see it all together. Uh, I told him when I was there, but like, I'm like, y'all know on the podcast, we've talked about it. Like Trey really didn't have a whole lot put together two weeks ago. He, he he basically got it all put together in like a week and a half. And Uh, it looks great, which is like, I was blown away. It looks awesome. (laughs) It was insane. And uh, like he was asking about a commissary like two weeks ago and now he's got a whole cart together. So it's it's nuts. And like I'm so proud of him for getting all of it together. And like the drinks were awesome. Uh, He's got all his gear lined up. It looks like a real coffee cart, not just something that he like tossed together in two weeks. And um, yeah, it was incredible. Totally. Yeah. And it was professionally built, basically. Yeah. I was stoked to see like how big his menu is too. Like he's doing it all, which is great. Yeah. Like not even starting small and like easing into it. Like he's doing it all and he's doing it well, which is cool. Yeah. And speaking about the vision without him being here, but like I like the whole vibe because it's, you know, like there's a lot of and I have nothing. There's nothing wrong with this at all. Like I love like you know the super hipster minimalist looking like coffee carts that you see all the time. You know, like super fancy. Like I love that. Like don't get me wrong, but I like what Trey's doing because he's like you got a different vibe like if you Mm -hmm. saw like what we were sharing on instagram like it's kind of like like if you're listening um go follow primitive coffee but it's got like a camping vibe so it's kind of like not like super slick and retro more of like you know like 
adventure community, like the community that you have around a campfire, like the kind of vibe of just like chit chatting around the campfire, like having those good talks and sharing some good coffee. And like, I love like some of the mugs, like have that super sick, like campy vibe. And I don't yeah, know. Like was speckled he... vibe. Yeah. Like, no, the, like those yeah, enamel like mugs. Speckled. I love them. They're sick. And I think yeah. like, I don't know if he's doing them yet, but I know he wants to do percolator coffee, right? Yeah. Not yet. Um, he will okay. be doing that down the road. Right now, he's got his espresso, um, and so all of his espresso drinks, and then he's doing like some tonic, um, espresso tonic deal, yeah. and um, that's that's it for right now. And drip coffee. He has cold brew though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, and cold brew. Drip I, and cold brew. I saw he had like the 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 retro like cooler, not like yeah. cooler, but so like cool little, <laughs> little water holder. Like it looks like you're going camping, and he's pouring cold brew out of it. I was like, that yep. is just sick. Like. I love the vibe. Like, it's just unique. Like, mm-hmm. I like that he took the jump of, like, yeah, I'm going to do my own thing. It's going to be different. It's going to be cool. So, yeah. And yeah. that's what we talked about. Like, he and I beforehand was like, I told him, I was like, I don't, I don't know, dude. Like, the coffee market in Nashville is so oversaturated. Like, in a, in a town our size, we probably have like four or five coffee shops too many in this city. Right. And, when he explained to me like the vibe of everything and the aesthetic of everything, I was like, okay, that could actually work because it's different and it addresses a different audience than just about every other shop in Nashville, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like when you're in those big coffee scenes too, like we kind of talked about this um, a few years ago, a shop I was working at, we were talking about like the bigger coffee scenes and like out here in Lexington, it's like you have to fight just to get people to realize you're doing something different because, like, coffee quality to consumer, the, the expectation is, like, rock bottom, like, second wave. Like, yeah. everyone, like, thinks, like, I had somebody that was like, oh, there's so many shops. What are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, but there's, like, only so many serving good coffee. And if they're serving good coffee, brewing it well. Um, with, without trying to sound like a snob, but it's just a fact. Like, yeah. No, you know, I can totally relate suck. to that. Here, like, where I am, because, like, tourism is like so big any business doing the bare minimum can do well and like survive because there's just people coming through and there's traffic and like it's sad because there's not that competition which can be bad if there's too much competition but i wish there was a bit more here because the basic yeah like second wave cafes can like be considered some of the best coffee where i live because yeah they have no motivation to do better because what they're doing now like the status quo is enough for them. Yeah. 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 We were talking about that and we were saying like, for us, it's like you had to figure out like how the thing that makes you different is you're serving better coffee. But like when you're in a bigger coffee scene, the thing that sets you different is not always going to be like the coffee. Cause everyone, like if you open, if I open a shop in Nashville right now and I use good specialty coffee, I'm going to be about where everyone else in town is at. So what's going to make me different than everybody else? Yeah. You know, and that's really what Trey's doing well is like, exactly. you know, like if he wanted to open the best coffee shop in Nashville, like he'd have to compete with Crema and Sump and Humphrey street and like all of these really great roasters that have so many more resources than he would starting off. Um, but like, that's not what he's trying to do. He's trying to create really great community and honestly, like really delicious, drinks outside of just straight espresso straight brewed coffee in a really creative way and like that's what nashville needs more of oh yeah good coffee gooder community that's right trademark that's that's a (laughs) 
It's a tray saying for you. It's primitive coffee co. Follow him on Instagram. Do it. You won't regret it. But guys, we like to talk a lot about a certain aesthetically pleasing coffee brand on the podcast. Every time they drop something new, and out of the freaking blue, fellow has brought to the coffee world again a new product. They did well, it again. again. New-ish, <laughs> I guess. But it is called the Shimmy Coffee... How do you say the last word? Sieve. Sieve. <laughs> the Shimmy Coffee Sieve. And if you're wondering what it does, I don't know. Just kidding. It filters <laughs> out the fines in your coffee. So if you have a crappy grinder, you can get a little bit more of an even grind you know, consistency i don't know yeah. i never pay attention to that stuff my coffee just tasted like coffee so when i brew it home i don't really care but yeah. they come out with this new product and i'm very interested to talk about it i have some thoughts some ideas but i want to know like first of all what are y'all's initial like reactions to this well, first of all, it looks like a shake weight, and it's really silly looking as well. It how is. you use it. <laughs> it looks you all see the uh, promo video. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Uh, who was it who had the shake weight? It was the Black Barista, right, Michelle? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, so yeah. good. That was so funny. Uh, I just didn't think, like, making coffee could be so, like, physical as well. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just, my my initial thought is it looks like an attachment to my vacuum cleaner. Like I feel like I would I pop it off my vacuum cleaner for an extension. Like it's pl- it's it looks very plastic and cheap. And I I watched Prometheus cuz he seems to be a pretty brutally honest person and he even made a comment of like it looks like um it literally looks like they got this off of Alibaba and put their branding on it. Like it doesn't really have any other like like fine differences it seems like i think it only has one size that you can filter out compared yeah. to the uh the crew like the uh crew filter like has like mm-hmm. multiple filters you can put in it to specify exactly like what grind size you want so i just find i found that interesting and it um, is freaking expensive yeah, yeah. and <sighs> The way they're even talking about it in like their promo video on Instagram was like a in between piece of gear before you can like afford a better grinder. But then I'm like, you're saying that this product is like, there's no use for it once you actually have a proper grinder. Like it's something that's yeah. meant to like not be. It's supposed to like rot on your shelf, which is like unfortunate. Yeah, right. They're just yeah. trying to create things that we can like give them our money for <laughs> in the meantime. In- yeah. I've said this before, it's controversial, but I think it's another thing that's made for the the nerdy homebrewers that yeah. just, like, love to just, like, drop tons of money on their coffee bars. Mm-hmm. Like, because realistically, like, I don't need this with my grinders. Like, my grinders grind just fine, especially I have the fellow Ode. And you have their they, grinder. <laughs> literally, yeah. fellow says you don't need this for the fellow Ode. So it's like, okay. Like, yeah. so, so spend... I will... A sixth of the price of a fellow ode on this piece of plastic. I will say though, I I personally am actually pretty excited about it, and the reason being is this is going to be a good thing for 
for people who already have like a cheap hand grinder and they yeah. don't want to drop like a hundred and twenty bucks on a new hand grinder. You know, they could instead spend fifty dollars, spend like half the price and like really upgrade the piece of equipment they already have rather than throwing away an old piece of equipment. Mm. And it would get rid of those so like the fines that are being produced in there and like it only has one setting for the fines like the one uh one sieve worth of setting or whatever which is like 200 microns which is pretty small um it's going to take out the worst part of the fines basically and so the the bitterness that you would get because of the grind setting um is going to be taken away which is like really going to upgrade people's hand grinders if they want that and like one thing for me like if i so i still have like my crappy old hand grinder that i used to use and i take it with me when i travel and stuff and so i could see a world in which i buy this thing and like stick my hand grinder inside of it and then travel with that and it'd be like more compact and then now i've upgraded my hand grinder to where it's like a hundred dollar hand grinder essentially and I get to go make a really good French press and it travels smaller than taking my ode or, you know, something like that with me somewhere. Fair. I can see that. I can, I can also counter you with you save up the money and instead of paying for half the price of a better grinder, you get a better hand grinder mm-hmm. and then you donate your old grinder to... Get you some gear. Get you some gear. Why not? Totally. totally. No, but I that makes sense. That's a good argument, though. I do. I do respect that. Like that makes. I can. I can get behind that. Yeah. I. Is I do it, think though it's it's pretty expensive though. It like, is. Or what it is, like think about this. I could get the crew for you know, a lot more and have a lot more versatility. Like, sure, yeah, it's three the, times the price, but the problem with the crew though is that. One, like that sieve itself is kind of harder to use. Um, I think that's something that Fellow is trying to do with the design of this one in particular. Mm-hmm. And the crew is always out of stock. And so you cannot buy it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I Fair. We've tried to buy one for our roastery forever. And it's just always been out of stock. Maybe they'll sponsor us and then they'll have one in stock. Yeah. Crew, well, if you want I me to like, really endorse you, I'm really down for it. Well, I just... see and it is in stock right now. Oh, well, I need to send that to our roaster then. You better send that to your roaster because I am looking at it right now. But actually, here's what I think is going to happen is that Fellow's going to then release more filters in the future of different sizes so you can spend more money. Yeah. (laughs) My one last point I have, sorry. Um, It's sometimes, like, as much as I really enjoy the routine and the practice of making my coffee in the morning, I don't know if I want to add a whole nother step to my daily routine. Sometimes sure. that can be really daunting for people. Um, even though it could be an upgrade to like the quality of their cup, like adding like a whole nother piece or like time to like, if they have limited time in the morning to making like a good cup of coffee, it can put you off of making coffee sometimes. Like sometimes I'm like, Oh man, I didn't like clean out my kettle last night. I guess I'll have to go buy a coffee this morning. Cause like it's going to take way too much time to like, get my whole pour over set up ready yeah and you probably do have to grind a little extra coffee too because some of it yeah. have to get sieved out yeah, yeah. you're wasting coffee yeah mm. 
I mean, not wasting. You can always compost and reuse it. Yeah, for sure. True. I'd be interested to give it a try, give it a fair try, do a blind taste test because I mean, hey, you put some scientific know-how to things. Like that's how you figure out if something legit tastes good or not. Yeah. Or tastes better. Like I was at a shop one time, and they seem to not listen usually. But one time, like I just did this because I started doing it at a different shop. But we would always like when we make a, uh, we make a like carafe of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Effectco. Urn. Yeah. We, yeah. Well, we put Effectco up. Like I'd always like heat. I'd always put like you know I pre-wet the filter before putting the coffee in, and they were like, "Why do you do that?" I was like, "I don't know. I just always did that." But I mean, it makes sense to me if you do it for pour over. Why wouldn't you do it for this? And they're like, "Well, I don't really think." But we did a blind taste test. Uh, they did a blind taste test when I wasn't there, and they're like, "Hey, legit. We think it actually tastes better when you do that." So, like, wow. that's how you do it. So, I'm interested to give it a try. I would never count a product out before giving it a fair honest try so i'd be interested so once to see again it. fellow please sponsor to say yeah fellow sponsors or maybe crew sponsor us somebody yeah. you know someone we'll talk about you really well all the time yeah but i'm gonna buy one for our shop i'm gonna use the humphrey street card and get one of those bad boys yeah and uh, give it a try i will i sick. but guys speaking of fellow another thing that i just noticed that they dropped uh, I don't know if they dropped it. I don't think they dropped it literally today. And I could even be like kind of late on this. But so they came out with the fellow Ode. Um, I think they've started coming. I think they started releasing. Gosh, it feels like a blur. Did they come out before COVID or during COVID? I can't remember. It during. during. So it came mm-hmm. out during COVID at some point. The biggest and most consistent complaint I heard was that it does not grind fine enough. And. I was able to snag one for myself, even uh, used. Uh, got like freaking good deal for a used one that was actually used only one time. But regardless, got the got the used one, and um, I noticed it too. It's like you don't really have much play with the grind settings. Like I'm usually grinding like pretty dang fine on it. I can't really go much coarser, or I have issues with like drainage. Like it's just like feels like it flies through. Um, that's been my experience. I've heard a few other people say the opposite, but a lot of other people I've heard have said what I said. Like, it's just, like, not. But Fellow did say that they're going to re-release some upgraded burrs, and I just noticed that they have released said upgraded burrs. Oh. And I think that the upgraded burrs were, were supposed to be anyone that did the Kickstarter for the Ode should have gotten them, like, pretty much for free. Like... Cause, cause fellow pretty much was like, yeah, like we kind of, we kind of messed that one up. Um, but I'm trying to find it. I can't find it on the dang website. I just saw it earlier. Um, but they are, oh, here they, here it is. So they're SSP red speed coated 64 millimeter flat brew burrs. Okay. They're $185. So if you're wanting to upgrade your ode. <laughs> It's gonna cost you another nearly two hundred dollars. Half the price of what you to be paid. able to get to those finer grind settings without being so fine. I just thought that's kind of interesting. Yeah, like I know burrs are expensive to begin with. 
like yeah. if you're replacing them after like use. But if I think you think that if they're fixing a problem that they created, yeah, maybe yeah. make it a bit more accessible. It it kind of sounds like too that your grinder may be just like miscalibrated or something, or it got messed up in mm-hmm. shipping. Because I know that that happened a little bit too. That's what they say, but I mean, I know even I saw James Hoffman's review of the Ode initially. He he even was like, "I would I wish this could grind like finer, or like I yeah, could like yeah. adjust the grind more." Um, because I have known a couple people that have said like, "Oh, like mine's pretty yeah, like I can grind pretty decent," but a lot I've heard a lot of other people say different about it. Yeah. Um, I've really enjoyed mine. Yeah, and like I. I've been able to get plenty fine enough on like three is the lowest I go, I think. And so, yeah, see, I can't do three on mine. Interesting. Yeah. I might try aligning it and see if that fixes it, but it'd be interesting to see. Cause I mean, yeah, mine's like I said, pretty much hasn't been used, but I just thought it was interesting. Cause the next thing I read read uh, is that they said you have to break in five to ten pounds of coffee on your own for these new burrs <laughs> and i was like jeez no. it's not a freaking like it's not a freaking like i'm not it's not a coffee shop it's it's my it's my counter like yeah i don't have that laying I don't around have five pounds of coffee just laying around like <laughs> i don't want to like drink yeah <laughs> yeah honestly right? and and also what what does that look like logistically how do i put five pounds worth of coffee through yeah. that through that thing like in the little like, cup <laughs> like yeah. that little cup. Sho- shove a bag up underneath it i know like that thing barely holds the thing the freaking yeah, the, the hopper is tiny it's yeah. like it's designed to be pretty much single dose like i feel like it's supposed to be besides not being able to do like espresso competitive with the with the niche zero grinder which yeah. speaking of the niche zero grinder i saw a commercial for it on youtube today and i was like how is this company making one of the sickest grinders on the market and making such a horrible, cringy commercial? Like the <laughs> dude that created I, I had to find it and send it to you guys. It just popped up when I was looking up this fellow product. But the guy that I guess is the founder or created it is the freaking biggest dork. The commercial is the cringiest thing I've ever seen. Like the it, it was just kind of like you could tell these people are reading the responses they made or their reviews they made about this thing. And like the coffee that they used in the commercial was like as black as freaking blacker than me. Like I was like, oh. what <laughs> oily beans. Oh, it was gross. I was really like, how are you going to make such a good grinder? And then in the commercial use such crappy coffee and horrible customer. Well, maybe reviews. they know they don't need to market it. It's good on its yeah. own. I, I well, guess. niche. If you're out there and you do want to market it and you do want to make a better commercial, maybe like on a podcast per se. I'm just saying. Feel maybe. free to hit us up. Send me a send me a uh, grinder and we'll talk. I'll I'll yeah. put up my considerations. Send us all a grinder. Yeah, easy. But you know, Parker, <laughs> you you made a good point. You asked this question: What do we want to see development wise in coffee? Or some new things we want to see. Yeah. I feel like there's always, like, a problem to solve. Like, Yeah. So I sound like such an, a fellow fanboy today, but, like, <laughs> really, I think, like, the Ode kind of solved having a commercial grinder in your home in a lot of ways for, for drip and things. Um, and Niche kind of did the same thing with Espresso. 
And like, so like there's companies out there solving these problems that aren't like detrimental problems, but things that we all want to see. Um, for me, I think the problem I want to see solved is with the French press, because I love a French press. I just need an easier way to clean the dang thing out. Like the AeroPress is great, but I want a way to have an AeroPress that's not filtered and like cleaning out an AeroPress is super easy. Like if I could have something like that for a French press. I got it for you. You know what I mean? I figured what? it out. So you have a removable bottom part, right? Uh-huh. So you've pre- okay, imagine this, you've pressed your French press all the way down. Then you can unscrew the bottom and all the leftover coffee just like it would be for an AeroPress is there. You hit that puck out, and then you just spray it from the top down. It gets yep. everything in it. Gets get the bottom part. Boom, clean. Yeah. See, that's so what I want. Do we release these like, ideas on the podcast, or do we need to copyright these? Before I know. Someone you guys copyrighted. That's my idea, fellow. So don't do it. That <laughs> is the kind of innovation, though, that I expected from the French press that they ended up making. Like me too. I feel like if you think about the top of the uh, of the Carter mug. Like having that huh. kind of seal for the bottom of a French press, and mm-hmm. then you could take it out, and it's just like, it just makes sense, yeah. guys. If you're listening to the podcast, and you freaking see fellow release this later, you better be signing my petition to sue them for <laughs> copyright infringement. It's my idea. I yeah. copyright it. I don't know how to copyright things, but this is how I'm going to copyright <gasps> this it. This is it verbally. The way verbally. that I've been trying to solve it myself, which has not been working out great is I get a uh, like a Kalita filter or sometimes I try like an inverted V60 filter and like put it in the bottom and like let the coffee sit in there mm-hmm. so that there's like a bowl of like coffee grounds at the end of it. It just hasn't worked out well. It still like gets up oh. underneath the filter and stuff. It gets yeah. most of the coffee grounds out, but yeah, it's tough. We need you also, to solve this problem. filters are in shortage right now. You don't want to be doing exactly. that. I can't be wasting paper. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Gosh, I'm trying to think of a development I want to see in coffee. Um, I want to see an affordable home espresso machine that kicks ass. Like, that yeah. just does really freaking good. No, it doesn't have to be like, I can start a mobile coffee cart good. Just like, I can steam milk like I can at work good. And I can pull a... D- Decent shot, like I cannot work good. Like, I feel like the closest I can get, I gotta be dropping like seven hundred bucks. Yep. I'm like, how about like you find me something around like the three hundred range at least? Like, yeah. help me out, like, because I, I just can't, I just can't justify spending that. Like personally, spending thousands of dollars on my home espresso, like mostly because like I'm just lazy. I don't have time to do that all the time so it's like it would just be so nice to have a cheaper option where i can splurge a little bit and still get the right results that i want but no freaking 300 dollars press machine 90 percent of them are just garbage yeah they the uh the company that makes those lever machines i forget the name of them but they should uh flare yes oh yes Um, dude they should yeah they should sponsor us too um, this is really just a can you sponsor us uh real for everyone? <laughs> yeah. Um we'll no, submit ideas they, for products. Yeah. <laughs> they should come out with um like a boiler attached to a steam wand and that's it. 
so that you can like steam yeah. milk at home. That would be cool. That'd be sick. I mean, honestly, their newest, um, their newest flare that they came out with, I think it's like the five forty five or something. Yeah, is like really sick. Like yeah, it yeah. solves all the problems of the flare, except the price. Like it is expensive. Yeah. And I'm just like, I would love to have one, but I will never pay that much for one because at that point, I might as well put a few more hundred dollars in. Like, I'm that person. I'm not going to spend a ton of money on something that if I spent just a little bit more, I could get what I actually want. Totally. So it's like the price for a Flare 545 or whatever is like almost as much as a Rancilio, like Sylvia Pro. So it's like that I could get on eBay with a PID, like. Uh, like Might get the manual well. thing that can only pull espresso, or just get a freaking espresso machine that can do good milk too. Like, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. But yeah, that's my thoughts. What about you, Nick? Do you have any ideas? Oh man, I'm trying to think about like my personal like coffee routine, um, and like what could make it better. But then I just think like maybe I'm just being nitpicky. Like I don't want to like something that really bugs me is just seeing newer versions of products that you've seen before over and over that aren't too different but people are going to buy them because no matter what they think it's going to solve a problem that they have but it's really just a problem that unfortunately like companies make them think that they have like and like obviously that's just like basic i guess like marketing and like companies are trying to make money they're like all right like where are their gaps that we could possibly fill I'm trying to think like my mind goes to like yeah like how can i make better coffee outside of even just like my own home brew bar which like are like is really cool like products i've seen as like on the go stuff which obviously started with like the aeropress and like that you can take camping with you like other products that you can take on a road trip or something and like optimize yeah. making yeah. coffee on the go it makes you think of the aeropress go like <laughs> When the AeroPress Go came out, everyone's like, "What? It's just a smaller AeroPress, like <laughs> with a cup you, built in, I guess." <laughs> you, you didn't really solve any problems there. No. Yeah. But to somebody that was like, "Oh, finally!" I know we have them at work. I'm like, they're more expensive than normal AeroPresses as well, like by a few dollars, but yeah. still. And I'm like, like since, okay, but you just get a cup with it. I know, and I I think people under or overestimate like how much space they need for stuff when they go packing. Like I'm like. Like, I think of my packing, even my craziest trips, I can freaking stuff my stag kettle in there somewhere. Like, it's not, like, <laughs> impossible. It's not like, you know, taking up half my suitcase. Like, shove it in mm-hmm. with my socks and it fits just fine. Yeah. I would like to see a smaller kettle out there somewhere that, mm-hmm. like, what if the stag just plugged into the wall itself and didn't have that little base plate? That would be so much easier to travel with, you know? True. Yeah, that'd be cool. True. I would like, I don't know, like, can we regular, like, make it normal, like, normalize using small little, like, pour-overs? Like, yeah. I don't want a whole, like, just give me, like, freaking, you know, four to six ounces of, you know, that, you that, that gesha. That's all I need. Just want to taste right. it and enjoy it. I don't want to sip on it for 30 minutes. I just want to, like, drink it for, like, five. 100%. Which is something idea. I actually, I really appreciated when I got my origami because I got, like, the small one. And I was like, oh, this is perfect for just yeah. making, like, those, like, 10 to 15 gram brews. Yeah, see, I had the really bit, I had the small Hario V60, so I ended up getting the bigger origami. But it was, a, it was at least a little nicer because I had a little bit of a bigger bed to work with for when I did brew a little bit more. So, 
I enjoy that. But yeah. speaking of brewing, as we wrap things up, leaderboard coffee season ooh, three ooh. is in process. Where are you guys at with your coffee? Them and gave them all a good whiff. That's it. <laughs> nice. Fair. <laughs> um, I have finished all but two of them, I believe. Of course, you have. Of course. We so me hey. and. Ruben, the roaster from Humphrey Street, and one of our friends, Ricardo, have like really been hammering them out. What have you done? Have you you've cupped? Have you brewed them as like pour overs as well? We've cupped them all, and I I think what we'll do is like we didn't use all of it to cup, obviously, and so I think we're gonna either do another cupping round or we might brew what's left of all of them. We haven't decided yet. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, without spoiling it, what's been your favorite coffee of the eleven? Ooh, um, you just want my like the number that's been my favorite? Sure, yeah. Oh, I I would say I think I think number one is still actually my favorite that I've had so far. That's cool. It's between that or this. This isn't a spoiler for anything, but there's one that's like sweeter in the higher up range, like above five, and I forget which number it is because yeah. I'm not looking at my thing right now. But that one is is up there as well. Dang, I'm excited. Was it? I haven't tasted them all, but like, was it easy to pick out the one that was? I don't know. What was it like? Processed or fermented with like fruit or something? I I can't remember the question, but one of them yeah. was like processed. It was um. Yeah, it was like processed with sugar and fruit, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I think they're getting an air, air, uh, anaerobic process in some way. Um, I still have those two to do, but I, if I haven't tasted it already, um, it's. I think it's going to be one of those two. But it it may have been that sweeter one that was up in the upper numbers. Um, Interesting is what my what my gut says. Yeah. But I don't I don't think that I've tasted it yet. Right. Yeah. I'm I haven't started yet either. I'm gonna be doing it with uh Mike, the roaster at Manchester, and Josh, one of the baristas from Manchester, and two friends of mine. Um so I'm like super excited, but we've just been like super busy, all of us, all three of us. Yeah. So it's like like Josh has been out of town and Mike's been roasting and I've been making kombucha, so it's just been like crazy, but we're uh, I think this Friday we're gonna hit a bunch of them and go after it. So I'm pretty excited about that. Are you gonna cup them or are you gonna brew them? Uh, pro- I think we're gonna do both. We talked about like cupping them and then brewing them also. Cool. Um, probably like gonna split it into like two two sessions, like do five and then do five more. So, Nick, just... what was what was your strategy going into it last year when you did it? Because for those that don't know, they give you ten coffees that are blind bags and then they ask a bunch of other questions so like the stock standard questions are like what country is it from what variety is it what process is it what kind of roaster like all these kind of questions and then they ask like are three and four the same coffee or five and seven the same process like those kind of things did you have like a a strategy on cupping or did you just go straight through them well I, I definitely split it up into two rounds. They weren't even. I didn't even do five and five. I think it was like six and four um, because I split them up based on like processing from what I could see because it's pretty easy to tell just by looking at them. Yeah. Because um, it's it's always easier to cup things that are similar to taste like the nuances in them. Um, obviously, like I split up like 
from what I could see, like washed and natural. Um, and then I also tr tried to keep those ones together that they asked like to compare the two. Um, cool. Where it'll like be like, oh, are these both from the same country or whatever? Yeah. Um, and then after that, like after I cupped them and kind of got like an idea. I mean, this is how I did it, but I just honestly took the rest of the coffee and just made it as my morning brews, and I took notes as I did that, because I also wanted to just enjoy them as coffees, like, casually. I didn't want to just make it super serious, because they are really good quality coffee, and it's nice to just, like, enjoy some good roasted coffee. Yeah, totally. Um, Of course, like, I kept in mind, like, what was I tasting, took some notes on my phone as I was, like, going to work or whatever, but yeah, I kind of took what was left to just like actually enjoy for the few weeks after the competition, which was, yeah. which was actually nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to try these and see what we got. You know, be, it's always fun to try different roasters and varietals and stuff. So yeah, hopefully next episode we'll have more to talk about leaderboard wise and what we've been trying out. We won't give too many secrets away though, or else people might copy our answers. Yeah. Or we'll get kicked out of doing the yeah. board forever. <laughs> You're sabotaging the game. Yep. But yeah. It was nice chatting with y'all. Tradex, we do oh, miss yeah. you. Eh, a little we miss bit. you so much. He's doing his own thing. He's a busy man now. He's a businessman. He has business things to do. Mr. Business. Like yes. paperwork and books. Yeah. It's been, it's been great, y'all. Hope all the listeners uh, give us a five-star review as per usual. Yeah. Check out the shop. Check out the meme page. Check us all out on Instagram. Talk to us. I like when people message us and say they appreciate the podcast. Yeah. Thank y'all for listening. This has been the Social Spree Podcast.